continuing the series. We're going to be, I think we're getting, we have two more weeks in this. Um, but before I forget, it's great to have Brother Chris uh, back. So the prayer was that before his deployment started, he would be able to make it back for the wedding. I should have mentioned this during the prayer time, but brother, we're glad that you made it back and thankful for that. And continue to pray for him and Michelle and just God's blessing on them as they're going through all of that. All right, so dealing with witnessing, we're not, um, maybe to your disappointment or your elation, we are not doing any practicing tonight. We will be doing that next week, and uh, so I'm uh, looking forward to that. Um, Tonight, we're going to cover two sections of this. Lesson four covers chapters 10, 11, and 12, and so we'll be dealing with 10 and 11, we'll be looking at some verses that are highlighted there in your, uh, in your lesson. I want you to notice the heading under lesson for being an effective witness. Okay, so Andrea, uh, who is in the nursery, um, Andrea makes fun of me, and, and she says this, you don't like to play sports that you're not good at. And this is what I say to that, duh. <laughs> duh. Because not being good at something isn't fun. Hey, so, so I see guys out there on the golf course, like, like they're digging a trench with their golf club, and their balls are all over the place, and they're like, this is just so relaxing. So being a loser is relaxing. <laughs> is this hurting your sensitive hearts? Am I about to trigger somebody right now? You get over it. We don't hand out participation trophies, Hallelujah. <laughs> I just, amen, Brother Max. See, Brother Max, Dave Thomas, some of you other guys that play golf, it's like, it's just relaxing. Not when you stink at it. Yeah, amen. It's like, so I don't, I don't enjoy not being good at something. If I'm going to do it, I want to be good at it. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I want to be the best because there's always, there's always going to be somebody that's better than you when you're talking about stuff like that. But I want to, I want to at least be good enough that I can enjoy it and look like I know what I'm doing. And you say, well, you can't start off that way. Right. But eventually you need to get there (laughs) or or something's wrong. Okay. We don't, we don't want to just be token witnesses. Stay with me. Here's what, here's what we can do with witnessing. We can do enough to be able to check it off our box. It's like, yeah, I, I did that. And, and, and we're satisfied with that. And it's almost the approach that people take with Bible reading. I'm going to read my Bible enough to say that I'm reading my Bible, but I'm not really reading my Bible to actually grow and know God and have Christ formed in me. I'm, I'm going to pray enough to say that I'm praying, but I'm not actually running to the throne of grace and seeking him. And we can take that same approach with witnessing. You, you know, we've set, we set our tracked goal as a church family. We set it low because we, we understand that we start out, you have to start out from the beginning. And it's unreasonable to expect that people start out in an advanced stage when it's completely unfamiliar and new. And, and there are, all of us have challenges that we have to grow, grow through. But there should be in us a desire that if we're going to do it, we want to do it well. If I'm going I'm, I'm to be a husband, might as well try to be a good husband. If I'm going to be a dad, might as well try to be the best dad that I can be. 
If I'm going to be a pastor, I might as well keep working at it until I'm dead or people are tired of me that I'm going to be the best pastor that I can be. If I'm going to preach the word of God, I might as well try to be as effective at it as I possibly can. And you say, well, my job is only this. Listen, if you have a job, don't undersell that job, number one. Don't hang your head like you need to be embarrassed about your job. You have a job, be, be thankful for it, and try to be the very best at it that you can be. Man, I was so embarrassed, but so thankful for this principle being ingrained at me from an early age. I was, I was about to be 15, or just turned 15, and I was going to apply at Dairy Queen in our town of 8,000 people, and I was riding my bike to it because that was good for my character development, and my mom made me wear a shirt and tie to this interview at Dairy Queen (laughs) on a bike. I mean, some people show up to interviews in their pajamas. Look, I stood out like a dork. (laughs) But, it, but they were trying to instill this in me. If you're going to do it, do it well. Man, Coach, you say you're laboring on this point. Right. I am laboring on this point. I coach Little League Baseball, 9, 10, 11 years old, 10, 11 and 12 years old. Coach Little League Baseball, man, those guys look sharp, and they know how to turn double plays. It's like, guys, we're not out here playing so you can just feel good and get a snow cone. If we're going to play ball, we're going to respect the game. And let me tell you, there's no fun like the fun of being good at something. Yeah, no, the point isn't to put on a uniform. The point is to be good and to live up to the uniform. If you're going to do it, you might as well work at being successful. I I teach my children this about sports. I teach them this about academics. You know, I understand you don't like school sometimes. I understand certain subjects are more challenging for you. But God is, is using this to form you and to develop your mind. And God, part of being a godly Christian, part of being a follower of Christ, is utilizing the faculties and the opportunities that he's given you. So if you're going to be in school, you might as well try to get the best grade that you can possibly get. Yeah. If you're going to do chores, you might as well work hard at doing them as efficiently and as effectively as you can. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. Just continue to strive for excellence and effectiveness. Well, we ought to want the same thing with witnessing. We don't, we don't want to settle for, yeah, I, I passed out my token track. So if pastor ever asks, I can say I did it. I want to be the kind of witness that I'm improving and that God is using to reach people. That doesn't guarantee a response. Please get this. Nobody gets saved because of how good we are. All right, we're not, we're not going to put this kind of pressure on ourselves or put this kind of glory on ourselves that people are getting saved because of us. No, they get saved because of the power of God. Yeah. But God does use us. And the degree to which he will use us sometimes depends on the degree to which we want to be effective and are willing to work at it. So, if we're going to work at it, man, let's try, to be, let's try to be good at it. Let's try to be good. Uh, don't answer this. Just think about it. Do you want to be a church where people can heal? Don't answer that out loud. I'm not, I'm not talking about a surface-level friendliness I'm talking about a refreshing drink in a desert. 
I'm talking about a cooling breeze in a barren land. Do you want to be a kind of church that brings refreshment into people's lives, that refreshes them with the grace of God, that helps them to know that there is hope and there is love. And in all of the confusion in this world, in all of the hurt and all of the chaos, there is both truth and grace that find their perfect marriage in the person of Jesus Christ. Well, you gotta work at doing that. Be effective at it. Well, let's be effective at witnessing. So here's the thing about effectiveness in any area. You don't just stumble into it like you do a pothole. <laughs> you know how the sidewalk reaches up and grabs your foot sometimes? Man, these stinking concrete workers need to lay these. I pay taxes. How come these sidewalks are tripping me up? Maybe you just need to get better at walking. <laughs> so you don't, you don't just luck out. You got to work at it. I tried to get good at golf. I did, because I had a lot of guys in the church where I was at the time that cared about it and uh, seemed like the thing to do. <laughs> and and I, did, I did improve, but I didn't improve by sitting there watching Tiger Woods saying, I got this. I went out and I realized I don't got this. And these are the small things that I have to slowly work on to improve. I don't, I don't know a lot about golf. I know, I know enough to know that the way you hold your hands on the club makes a huge difference in the trajectory of that ball. Doesn't it? Yep. You don't, you don't swing it like a bat. I mean, I tried. You got you to gotta keep, you keep your elbows tight. You got to learn to swing with your shoulders and you've got to power, use your hips and your shoulders to power through that ball. And learning those little details helped me to become more effective. There are little details about witnessing that are, that are going to seem tedious and hard. And you say, why have we been going through this? Why have you been giving these ridiculous analogies and these practice sessions? Because it's those little things that will open the door to you becoming an effective witness. And God using you to genuinely reach people. So here's some things according to our lessons, that can help to be effective. The first point here has, to do, has something that we're already working on uh, from the church administrative side, but number one, using a prospect list. Uh, John 4, 38 says, I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labors. Letter A, what is a prospect list? So some of these things you just have to write in. It's a list to track who is a potential candidate for salvation, a positive gospel prospect. It allows me to know how often I've followed up with them and to track their responses. It, it really just helps you to keep your witnessing organized. The benefit of a prospect list is this, that most people don't get saved the first time you witness to them. And if you didn't realize anything, man, we can get so busy that we can't keep track of everything, and so you got to write stuff down. And like, I need to make sure I run this errand. I need to make sure I buy this from the grocery store. I need to make sure that I communicate with this person. And you do that because those things are important. Well, witnessing is pretty important, too. And so if you have an encounter with someone and they, and they will receive your phone number and they will even better, they will, they will send you a text so that you can have theirs, 
man, have some kind of list where you can track them. And we are working on that. We've already had a meeting a couple of Sundays ago to add another layer to our follow-up with Brother Jeff and Miss Dana. And so that when we, when we meet people, it's, we understand they may not get saved the first time, but we're going to continue to follow up with them through the course of how well, however often they allow us to talk with them. Letter B, who do I include on my prospect list? Okay, in the early stages, anyone who doesn't say no. <laughs> Look, if someone tells me, hey, I'd, I wouldn't mind having coffee with you sometime, you're on my prospect list. If someone says, yeah, here's my phone number on my prospect list. If someone takes an invitation and says they'll come to church on the prospect list, I love this. Um, with Ms. June, we were talking about the outreach cards. And people have to tell us on the outreach, on the uh, on the guest connection cards, they have to tell us not, they have to tell us to not contact them in order for us to not contact them. It's like, okay, so if you don't put your address and you don't put your phone number, obviously, we're not going to Facebook stalk anybody. <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> we're not those kind of people. But if you put your number down and you don't say, don't contact me, eventually somebody's going to contact you, Hallelujah. So anyone that's a potential candidate. So anyone who responds positively. Let her see, how do I use my prospect list or what am I using it for? Number one, to pray. To pray for them. Probably the most underemphasized part of witnessing is prayer. Besides just doing it, it's praying for your effort and praying for the people that you're witnessing to. Um, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Again, nobody gets saved because of how polished we are as witnesses. No, God can use that, but people get saved because of the power of the gospel. It's not, it's, it's not as though we arrive and like, man, you're just, really, you can become effective, but people get saved because of Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. um, number two, contact. Use it to contact them. We'll deal a little more with what that contact should look like in just a minute. Number three, update it. And then under, under that, I have a fourth thing that I've added to this, key, a couple of key words. The, the first word is this, diligence. You need diligence in your effort, meaning keep trying with people. Keep trying. Don't give up because someone doesn't get saved the first time. If they give you an avenue into their life, keep working at it. Number two, keep the list current. Your list, be diligent in your maintaining a list because it's only as good as it is current. The second word is, under diligence, the second word is sensitivity. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in all of these things. There's a time to back off. There's sometimes you just, you just feel like, man, I've, I, need to, I need to give them a little bit of a break. And there are other times when you're stirred up and, and you know what this is like. I really need to talk to them. And then a surefire way to know when you need to back off is when the people say, you know what, I'm good. Quit bugging me. <laughs> you know what you say then? No problem. If you ever need me, reach out to me. <laughs> leave, the, leave the door open. This isn't a competition. No, it's a battle for people's souls, but it's not a competition about I got them and they got them and I got I to gotta keep it up. No, that's not what it is. Leave the door open for somebody else at a different time to come along. Okay, so that's the, the first point is using a prospect list. 
And we're continuing to develop that here at church, but it's something you can obviously use in your, in your personal life as you grow in that. Here's, here's what I'm more concerned with for the next two points, and we'll deal with this one tonight and then one more uh, next Wednesday night, the Lord willing. Point number two, developing the right kind of mentality, which I haven't given you a blank yet. The mindset is this, developing an everywhere mentality. I've, I've made this statement before. I'm going to give it to you again. I'd like you to, if, if you would, I'd like you to write this down underneath this. Witnessing is not an event. It's a lifestyle. Witnessing is not an event. It's a lifestyle. Are there outreach times, scheduled times? Yes. But if your only time to witness is during a scheduled event, then you are, you are going to miss out on some incredible opportunities to share the gospel with people. And we, uh, we stopped at one of our, our gas station stops out in the middle of Kansas. Just, if you've ever driven through Kansas, and I have way too many times, it's kind of like Wyoming minus the mountains. It's just long it's like the kids' song, deep and wide, deep and wide, Kansas is never going to end and I'm going to die. I just made that up. I, I love Kansas. I love people in Kansas. Just driving across it to get home is not the most fun thing ever. And so we, we stop, and we stop at this little gas station just out in the middle of nowhere, and the dude, the dude working it was just out there hanging out because nobody else was around, and if we needed something, then he went into the store and he was extremely eager to talk. And then he referenced some towns that he's been in. And I said, I, I played high school basketball against some schools in that town and just started it up. And, and then I just said, look, man, I'm, we're probably never going to see each other again. But I, I'm a Christian, and I believe God wants me to share the love of Jesus Christ with, with as many people as I can. Can I, can I just ask you some questions about that? And then he went, well, you know, I just don't do the church thing. And I said, bro, I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about your relationship with Jesus Christ. If, if witnessing is an event, you don't have that mentality. One of, one of my greatest witnessing regrets, and I have many, one of my greatest witnessing events and, and something that helped me in that moment just last week is when I had taken a group of college guys up to Taos, New Mexico, and we were doing backpacking. And, and I crossed paths with a lady, and she was sitting, and she was just chatty. She was just talking to me. It was great conversation. And I knew, I, I knew in my heart, man, you need, to, you need to try to bring up the gospel with her. You need to try to say something to her. And, and I didn't, and I said, see you later, and her statement has continued to ring in my heart. Years later, this is what she said to me, probably not. And this is, this, see, this is the lighthearted attitude that we take, ah, somebody else will get them. And I hear, I don't, I don't want to be overly dramatic with this. But I can still see that lady and still hear, that, still hear those words, probably not. Now, God knows I've asked for mercy on her behalf, and I have prayed for her and asked him to forgive me for that. But there are moments with people you do not get back. We, we can't afford, before God, 
to be event-based. It's got to be a lifestyle. We've got to recognize that it's all around us. Letter A under this, see people as souls. In Matthew 9, 36, Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Okay, let's, let's just be honest. When you see the multitudes, they're usually in your way. Like the line at the restaurant, the line of traffic, the line at the grocery store, and you're moved. <laughs> But it ain't with compassion. Here's what we're moved by. I wrote these things down. We're moved by frustration. When we see people, we're moved by frustration. And they, they're on this side of the aisle. They think this way. I really need to get this done. These people are in my way. I need to, I need to get here. Man, I, I've, I've talked to you about that. In the, last, in the last couple of weeks, I've rolled up on people and rolled down the window and just tried to start talking to them. You're like, that's weird, but it's amazing how well that stuff works. <laughs> you say, does it work every time? No. I've done some stuff I don't recommend. Like, you don't roll up on somebody that's walking in the dark and like, hey, want to ride? <laughs> you just got to be careful and like, it doesn't always go, but man, some people, it's just kind of fun to see what happens. Like, I'm stuck in traffic, you're stuck in traffic, you're staring at me, I'm staring at you, might as well go, hey, what's up? See where it goes. You say, well, that may not produce anything. It's a whole lot better than just being mad at everybody. You, you, you've seen videos of certain mission fields where people are starving for the gospel and they're just throwing tracks out the window. Y'all should try handing a track through a window. Like, hey, can I give this to you? Okay. Just see what happens. Like, what's going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> I can't predict that. Just be aware of people. Sometimes we're moved by frustration. Here's the other thing we're moved by, intimidation. How many of you felt the burden but you also felt fear? Have you ever, do you feel the burden? Yeah, don't, be, don't be ashamed of this because you're not the only one. And since, since the introduction of the, the commission that Jesus Christ gave, even before he died, Peter's saying, I'll never be ashamed of you. And yet Peter, who saw the miracles, who walked on water, who was with Jesus, who himself had power to cast out demons, Peter ran in fear when a, when a young maiden challenged him about his connection with Jesus Christ. We don't, don't be ashamed that you struggle with that. But we can, we can be moved by intimidation. Here's what you have to remember. People need what you got. They need it. People, people need the one you possess. The one who possesses you. And so you have, to, you have to ask God to give you the confidence to act even though you're afraid. Um, when, it, when, it comes to, when it comes to sports, I've loved the mental aspect of teaching kids, teaching my own kids and other kids, learning how to mentally lock in so that even when you're feeling nerves, you still know how to function. You understand that being effective witness, it does not mean you're never going to be afraid or feel nerves. 
In fact, I'll tell you, just about every time I've ever tried to witness to anybody, I've felt nerves. God doesn't bless because I don't feel fear. He blesses because I take a step of faith and act on it. Don't, don't be intimidated. Don't allow the intimidation to rule you. Letter B, look for opportunities. All right, illustration here. So, I just, this is so ridiculous. Black belt, brown belt, on the carpet. Andrea tells the boys, okay, go pick up your room. It's laying in the middle of the floor. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Okay, it's picked up. And then I just, I just, I'm like, I don't, do you need my glasses? And then they, and then they say, they say a statement like, they say a statement like this, and maybe your kids have said it. I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't see it. No, you know why you didn't see it? Because you weren't trying to see it. Look, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be mean but do not say you don't have opportunities. No, you may not want them. You say, well, I'm a, I'm, I'm a homeschool mom. I, I'm not saying how many opportunities. I'm saying we have opportunities. It, it has nothing to do with the quantity. It has to do with us willing to be aware. And the truth is, a lot of times we miss the opportunities because we're just not looking for it. It's like a belt laying in our kids' rooms. A neighbor moves in. A person is obviously hurting. Someone is, someone is broken down on the side of the road. I, I told you about this. A, a friend of mine, when it, they were traveling in an RV, they, they came up, up on someone who was broken down, and he just walked up to the guy and said, you're obviously not right with God or you need to get saved. And the guy was like, what are you talking about? I prayed that God would give me somebody to witness to, and here you are. So what is it? And I think the guy got saved. <laughs> I'm not saying you got to take that approach, but look for the opportunities. I've labored on this one. I want to mention it again. People are hurting, and if you'll show just a little bit of interest in them, sometimes it opens the floodgates to just being amazed that someone would care for them. Look for the opportunities. Let her see steward relationships. Brother Mike and Miss June are really good at gardening. Do you know why they're good at gardening? Because they steward those plants. And they're not the only ones, several of you are. When you steward a relationship, you nurture it and you develop it. In the author, the, the author of this lesson, Brother Chapel, he talked about his, his wife's dad. And this is how he described him in this chapter. His name is Como something, but he was an Italian drunk is the way he described it. And from the time they got married until 10 years later, they witnessed to him many times. And, and time excuse me, time after time after time, he would shut them down. And they were respectful, and when he shut, when he shut Paul down, uh, Paul Chapel would, would just continue on and, and be respectful and wait for the next opportunity. But in the meantime, they kept loving him, they kept showing the love of God to him, 
And remember that even if you're not specifically saying the name Jesus, people are watching the way you live your life. And they may not be able to connect the dots, but one day they will if you'll just live it out in front of them and live it out to them even when they're hostile toward you. But after about 10 years of that, one day for the first time, Como listened to Paul as he gave him the gospel and he called on Jesus Christ to be his savior. They said it, cha- it changed his life, which is what happens. Nurture the relationships. You have, you have people in your family that are hostile to the gospel. You say, I have people in my family and they're just bent way over here and they believe all this crazy stuff. Understand, you're not, you don't need to try to change people by changing their political leanings. You need to help people know God and let him work in their hearts. I've, 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 listen, I don't, I don't want to come across the wrong way on this. But there's so many issues that I believe matter to God. But when we take, when we take this mentality that we're going to go out and we're going to out-yell the opposition, you're not changing anybody's mind with that. Are you saying we shouldn't stand up? No, I'm not saying we shouldn't stand up. I'm saying there is a way to do it. But if you really want to change people, you've got to introduce them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So steward those relationships. Don't, don't give up on people. Letter D, this is the last point, we're done. Obey every prompting of the Holy Spirit. My pastor, Pastor Hardy, who was just here, he says it this way, obey every spiritual impulse. It gives the story in Acts 8 about Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch. And he's out in the desert, and this dude's traveling in a chariot, and the Spirit says, go join yourself to him. It's kind of like just rolling up on somebody. <laughs> And I love this line, understandest thou what thou readest? I think I want to I use something like that in my witnessing around here. Considerest thou not that thou art lovest by the almightiest? <laughs> I'm just kidding. So you say, why, why did he do that? Are you Ready? Here's what, here's what wasn't done. I want you to notice this. What wasn't done, what wasn't guaranteed was the result. He didn't do it because he was guaranteed a result. You know why he did it? Because he knew God wanted him to do it. Listen, brothers and sisters, you don't have to be on you don't, you don't have to admit this, but I, I believe the word of God, and if you're saved, you have the spirit of God in you, and you might silence him, and you might ignore him, but you know when God wants you to do something. Because God, God doesn't play hide and seek with his will, with the way he wants us to live our lives. When you need to go love on somebody, God tells you that. When you need to take some initiative, God, God gives you those spiritual impulses. And, and you know, you have had those moments. I'm not saying every time, but you know there have been moments when in your heart, it was almost, it was a still soft voice, voice but it might as well have been on a megaphone, and you knew you needed to talk to somebody. You know it. Can I just encourage you? You don't need to know the result in order to be obedient. You say, what happened to that dude in Kansas? I don't know. But I know that God's capable of bringing other people through his path. And maybe one, and then one, and then eventually he gets it. And he understands that it's not about a church that made him mad. It's about a Savior that loves him unconditionally. Just be obedient to it. You say, I don't know what will happen. Right, and you'll never know if you don't try. Never know if you don't try. 
Next week, we'll do a little more practice and we'll deal with this, the third point, which is staying motivated. But I, I want to ask you to consider this question and then we're done. Do you want to be effective? Can I ask you, can I ask you some other areas? Do you, do you want to be effective at your job? You should want to be. It honors God when you are. Do you want to be effective in your relationships? You should want to be. Do you want to be effective in the opportunities God gives you? You should want to be. Do you want to be effective as a church member, a part of a church family? You should want to be. You should want to be effective as a witness. And, and that's only going to happen if we take on-purpose steps. So you know how I developed a small level of effectiveness on the golf course? I showed up to the driving range and was willing to swing at a ball over and over again until I started to get it right. You say, well, I'll witness to people when I'm good at it. You'll never be good at it. You'll never be good at it. Remember, it's, it, it's not, it is not, it is not you that saves them anyway. You know, God can use, God can use a young, not as polished witness way more than he can use someone who refuses to ever witness. <laughs> kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You start, start where you're at. Don't, don't try to be, for the sake of the golf analogy, don't start on the driving range and then think, I'm going to end up over here with Tiger Woods or Jack Nicklaus or whoever. No, just start where you're at and take this step. You know, some of you still need to take that track step consistently. Some of you really, you just need to say, I need to get serious about that. I can do one track a week. It's not going to kill me. It feels like it, but it's not. Some of you need to learn how to look at people and actually ask them a question like this. How are you doing? And then follow up on that. You just, you just got to work at it. Just work at it. If we're going to do it, we might as well be effective. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. We're not going to have any music. We'll sing a song in just a moment. But I want to I ask you to, I want to ask you to consider this question. Are you working at being effective? Or are there things that you know you need to do in order to start becoming effective? I wonder, with, with every head bowed, every eye closed, those of you watching at home, please be responsive as well with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I wonder if there would be some that would say, I, there are areas I know that I could work at, but I just haven't for different reasons, and I'm not asking you why. Just before God, you would say, I know I need to do better at this, and there's this, there are specific things that God talked to me about. Some of it may just be my mentality. Some of it might be working on just passing out one tract a week. Some of it might be learning to actually care about people when I talk to them. But there are specific things I know God wants me to do and he's convicted me about tonight. And, and I just want his help in this. Would you pray for me? You slip your hand up and say, I, I really want God's help in this. You ask him. God bless you for your honesty. You can put them down. Lord, I, I am guilty I'm so guilty of not being the kind of witness that I, not, and, and for me, Lord, there are many instances where it's not been ignorance. 
it's been fear or it's been callousness. It's been distraction. And and, and only you know, God, I didn't I didn't share that tonight to be dramatic, but I still hear that lady saying, probably not. As I went my way on that trail. And God, I don't, I don't think that we're supposed to be witnesses to everybody, but we're supposed to be witnesses to somebody. And so many times we get our focus off on the scope of the world that we've, we're missing the opportunities right in front of us. And God, it, it, it doesn't mean that, this does not mean that we go through the plan of salvation with someone every day. I'm not, I'm not trying to set some kind of number or unreasonable standard on anything but God, if, if we're being honest, I think that for many of us, there are more opportunities that we've missed than there are that we've taken advantage of. And so I just, I pray that you would help us to want to be effective at this. God, I'm, I'm so thankful. My heart is so encouraged. Even, even as I hear that lady in my own mind saying, I hear her saying, Probably not. I can hear Peter saying, I don't know him. And God, you didn't, you didn't give up on Peter. You went and you found him. And you loved him back to yourself. And God, you used him. And so tonight, God, I'm not, I'm not sharing these things or teaching these things to beat people down. We have to be confronted, but the confrontation is not to grind us down. The confrontation is to help us to see reality and then to accept your grace and help in our lives to do better. So, Father, I pray that you'd help us to want, to want to be effective and then to understand that that's not an easy process. We just got to start. We just got to try. Father, I love you. I'm so thankful for your mercy in my life. And I love your people. And there are people in this community that we need to love. We need to share the gospel with. And I pray that you'd help us to do that, Lord. You're so good. I don't, I, God, I don't want tonight to be discouraging. I want it to be encouraging. So help us, God, to develop a desire to be effective in sharing your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's good to be in church tonight. And I hope that you take this part seriously when I say that the point isn't to beat anybody down and you say man I, f I feel really heavy after something like that well we ought to feel heavy about certain things and uh, just sharing my burden with you that the point again was not to create an emotional response but just just to understand there is there there are real consequences when we we aren't effective and you say, well, I don't, I don't know how to go about this. Start where you know you need to. Just start with the first thing. And, and maybe the first thing is just saying, God, will you help me to want to be effective? And then you start getting plugged into a church, and you can begin to learn how to do that through the fellowship of believers. And you see it in the word of God, and you, you develop that through interaction with other Christians. Man, God can use you in more ways than you realize. Peter gave up on himself. Jesus didn't. And just a couple of months later, some 3,000 people got saved because Peter was witnessing to them.
preaching the gospel. You say, I just, I don't know what God can do with me. You're right. So you might as well just humble yourself and see what he does with you. It'll be good stuff. Let's all stand together. God bless you. Guests, thanks for being with us tonight. It's an honor to see you. Um, uh, make sure to keep the things in the prayer list in the forefront of your attention and uh, be praying for uh, James and Christy, excited for them and excited for their big day on Friday. So you be in prayer for them. We'll look forward to seeing you on Sunday, if not before then, God willing.